going to need us to worship throughout the night, hopefully, as God leads. Good evening, Northampton. Come on, you could do better than that. Good evening, Northampton. Let's talk tonight. As usual, I always ask God, what is it that you want to say? And I said to Pastor Indy, come in here, that the difficult thing about preaching is that the whole Bible, which consists of thousands of words, are all God's word. But what's most important to God is if a person in this realm can discern what God is saying in time. I want you guys to remember some of the things I said to you, and I will go over a bit of some of the things that I said. That the preaching of Noah, and I may touch on him tonight, I'm caught between a few things. But if I was to speak about Noah, let me first remind you of what I said last week, that Noah's sermon was the building of the ark. The Bible says that he was one of eight preachers. Yet we cannot find an account of what his sermon entailed. We cannot find what he said. Did he start off slow like I'm starting tonight? Did he go and quote certain things from the Bible? No. The message of Noah was the building of the ark. And I think you got it right, Pastor Sharon, that tonight God's going to really just speak to you because like I said to you last week that the church is not the gathering of people. Are you here with me though, yeah? The church is not the gathering of people, but the church is Pastor Elohim by which people can be gathered to. Upon this rock, I will build my church. And I highlighted to you last week that he didn't say upon these rocks. Are you here with me, Northampton? No, but upon this rock, God was specific. In fact, the word I'll use tonight was that God was intentional about who he was going to use and who he was going to build his desire upon. One thing I want to share with you tonight is that God did not take into consideration that in a moment, Peter, because when he said upon this rock, he was talking about Peter, right? Talk with me, guys. He was talking about Peter. But one thing that I want to bring to your, to your attention tonight, and I want you to consider is that when he said this about Peter, he did not take into consideration because the God that we are told or we are taught about, the God that we hear on a Sunday service, the God that you can go and find reading this Bible or find in, uh, in churches. Churches will show you through Bible school, through different means. They'll try to teach you about God. Did you know that God was not meant to be studied outside of the study of man? No, listen to me. God is not someone you learn based on theory. The fathers spoke of their God. They were witness to him, but the fathers who spoke about God when Gideon will say things where when, when Gideon will say things like where is the God that our forefathers told us of remember that you have to for you to understand what Gideon was really saying there you have to take consideration of his forefathers what was the revelation of God to them did I not tell you last week that people are crying out asking for God and many people will say that they do not know God or they've not seen God because they were expecting to see someone that will open the heavens and they were expecting to hear a loud voice speak. 
that if they hear this, they would then say this is God. But I said to you last week from the book of Exodus that when, um, when they said, when God said, I am now come because he has known their sorrows, who Israel will now see coming in the name of the Lord was not God himself. They wouldn't see thunder. They would not see lightning. They would not see things that seem extraordinary. They saw someone as ordinary as Sharon. But do you know what's the amazing thing? So they saw Moses. The amazing thing is that they can never see um, God being Moses, the prince of Egypt. Are you sure you're with me tonight? They will not see God as Moses, the prince of Egypt. You know, there are people that are going through turmoil. They're going through slavery. They're going through pain. They are enslaved to their mind, enslaved to their community, enslaved to where they were brought up in. In fact, they're enslaved to their body. How many of us have said that I do not like the way I behave? I've said many times that if I, listen, I've said it many times that if I was God, I would not pick me because my standard of election disqualifies me from being an individual that God can use. But listen to what I'm saying to you tonight. Guys, listen to me. That if Israel people that are going through situations if they're going to see God if Moses there came to them as the prince of Egypt they will not be seeing God they will be seeing Moses are you sure you're here with me so let me explain what I mean by that Sharon before any four is not a revelation of God to anybody because the revelation of God to another man is a marked man a man that there is accounts of offenses against their life. There will be reasons as to why this individual cannot be God. Imagine when the son of God, so let's say that God came in the image of Moses, but we know that Jesus Christ is God in fact, right? Imagine even when Christ came, there were people that could not believe him. I, I, I want you to understand a mystery in God today. Because the other day, Pastor Toby was speaking to us out of Ephesians 3. And Paul was saying that there's this great mystery that is being revealed. In fact, in our time, it's now detailed in its understanding. But this mystery has been hidden from the beginning. I'm going to touch on that. Please hear what I'm saying to you so that we can start tonight. That if Moses came as the prince of Egypt... The, the articulate one, the one of honor, the one of significance. Prior to him killing an Egyptian, we don't actually know something negative against his life. It was said of Moses. In a moment, we'll see what was said of Noah. But it was said of Moses that Moses was mighty in words. But it didn't matter if he was mighty in words. As far as it was not written against Moses, an offense, he can never be a revelation of God. What is this revelation that God wants us to see of him? What is this revelation that God wants us to discover? From the beginning, if I'm going ahead of myself and hopefully God will give us utterance tonight for me to explain it to you. The one thing that God always wanted to show man was mercy. 
So imagine that a scripture says that God bound everyone to disobedience so that he can reveal his mercy. So there's a type of person that grew up in this life. And if I want to be relatable to us tonight, there's a type of person that they grew up in this life prior to their knowledge of God or let's say prior to their walk in church. And in this life, they lost their virginity, for example. In this life, they got themselves involved in fraud. But when they met Christ, they will now hold those things as, or the enemy will use these things to hold them down, to think that they cannot be used of God. But imagine there's another type of person that before God, they've never lost their virginity. They've never been involved in fraud. But the Bible says that God, God bound all men to disobedience so that he can reveal his mercies. Find that scripture for me. It's in Romans. I need you guys to hear this because I, I started to speak to you first about Jacob. And I said something of Jacob that God wants us to discover. He wants goodness to understand. He wants Winnie to understand that with the life of Jacob, Jacob before you walked and Forgive me if it sounds like I'm repeating myself, but you need to hear what I'm saying tonight or what the Spirit of God is saying. That when they saw this man called Jacob, what is accounted of Jacob, what we will know about Jacob is that Jacob was a man that God spoke of his destiny before he was formed. Jacob, you will be a person by which I will lead or I will produce the nations by. But you are a twin, Jacob. Esau, as for you, I hate you. When reading scriptures like this and listening back to the words that God has been saying to us for the last two to three weeks, I start to ask God, God, is this even fair? Because even of Pharaoh, it says that he hardened Pharaoh's heart. So what I just want to, again, I'm just feeding thoughts into your mind as God starts to paint a picture to us tonight. But I just start to, think of God that who can escape therefore the influence of God who can escape the hand of God the Bible says for God has bound everyone over to disobedience so that he may have mercy on us all that is one of God's revelations that so imagine so based on what I've said to you talking about the latter example there being an individual that's never gone and messed up in the way that young people messes up today they have not lost their virginity they have not got involved in fraud they have not got involved in the wrong crowd but imagine as good as that seems um, to the physical man God cannot use that person are you sure you're here with me you know from the old church we thought that God uses perfect people I think perfect people messes things up because please tell me the sin of Adam before he fell. Perfection brought him down. Are you sure you're here with me? His perfection. In fact, the fact that he had not yet tasted sin was the very thing that made him long for sin. Imagine that the book of Romans will speak of Paul or wherever it is that Paul will begin to cry out saying, who will save me? from this wretched body this was a man that has tasted sin but has also tasted the goodness of God 
you can never really appreciate something until you've had the best of both. So what God needed people to understand is that he didn't want people to feel imprisoned in him. He wanted people to choose him. So man must taste. But again, that's still me going, just touching here and there. So what I want you guys to pay attention to before I start to talk about Noah in a bit, I, I, I hope we get to that. But what I want to share with you quickly is this fact that Moses as the prince could not. He could not serve God. He could not lead a nation. But Moses as a fugitive, as a shepherd's boy, he can lead the nation. A man that when he's walking on his back are all accounts. I say it to this day, David. I think we paint many pictures about David. Sometimes, you know one thing I love about Revelation? Are you guys here with me tonight, first of all? One thing I love about Revelation is that Revelation's in scope of who God is. So what I mean by that is the Bible says every time they saw um, God, they would say, holy, holy, holy. In other words, every moment they looked at him, there was a greater revelation of who he is. That's the same as the Bible. Again, imagine that this Bible has been here available for people before we were even thought of. Yet there's been revelation that keeps this Bible relevant for all generations. So there's depths of meanings in this Bible according to the Spirit. Are you following me? Now look at this now guys. Because we're going to start off where I left off last week in terms of dwelling. Because that first remark that I've made or that first statement is, listen to me please guys, is important. Sharon, I hope you're listening to me. It's very important because God, one thing I love about God is that God needs to test everything that he uses. Every single thing, guys, please. Again, Saul was not God's intention of a king. So he can escape, he can escape testings. Saul can just be chosen, but not tested. But there's an elect. Are you sure you're here with me? There's the person. You know, electing is not the same as selecting. You know, every time you say the word elect, it means that there's an election, which means that there's some form of democracy, which means that there's a people that chooses. But there's an observation that a people have of Pastor Indidi that makes them vote her into position. I want to let you know the reason why you're here is because there is a council voting you into your position. But let me tell you some of the things they considered. Your marks. They will consider your sins. I cannot trust or I do not know the extent of a perfect person because I don't know where their standards will stop. So imagine, accounted on, upon the life of Noah, was that this man found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Please, Genesis 6, 8, you're going to have to flow with me this way. It was accounted of Noah, that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. In fact, if I was to take you to the book of Genesis, it speaks of Noah, that Noah was his father's escape plan. The Bible says that um, Noah's fathers 
or Noah's father, um, Lamech or so, that generation was struggling, sowing and not seeing harvest. Because of disobedience, the Bible says that the earth was cursed. Therefore, whatever they did was not bearing fruit. So Noah was called or Noah was named as a hope of escape from turmoil. So his name Noah means rest. They prophesied over a baby. He had not started walking yet. Please follow what I'm saying to you. Because the best can miss it and the lowest can miss it. But the lowest can get it and the best can get it. Yeah, am I confusing you yet? Are you sure? There's an elect. So imagine it was accounted of Noah that Noah found grace. And we know the story of Noah. Before we go into scriptures, we know the story of Noah that Noah built an ark. And this ark was going to be a means to preserve a generation because God did not have plans to recreate man. He made man. But he was going to bring man back into his original desire. Again, listen to me. God, found, God saw that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. God was upset with how evil the world had become. And he had determined in his own heart because of his grievance that he was going to wipe out all man. Yet he kept Noah so that Noah can preserve man. Are you listening to me? So what I'm trying to show you with that is that righteousness can breed a different type of people. It's not necessarily that you have to, uh, I feel like I'm going to keep going up and down. So again, please just hear what I'm saying. I need you to hear everything I'm saying. I'm going to be repeating some things until I know that you've got these things that I'm saying to you. So Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. But you know, that was not the only thing accounted of his life. Accounted against his life was the hope that God had for the existence of mankind was in Noah that Noah was righteous in his generation and because of his righteousness he found grace if you hear where I'm going with this tonight I want to let you know that the, re the only way to win souls is to let everyone know that in my father's house there's many dwellings what I mean by that there's means for accommodation for every kind of person the moment you shut somebody off is the moment God won't entrust that type to you. So imagine that as extreme as this is, in the whole world, God looked at Noah and said that Noah found favor, found grace. He was good. But another thing accounted of his life was that at one point, after there being a flood of water, he will flood himself with wine. He will get drunk. You will ask yourself, was this guy not righteous? I think righteousness is only attributed to a core. Once you've finished your core, you return to the frame of a man that you are. I'm going somewhere. So imagine that as good as it is that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord and that being accounted for all generations, what also was accounted about him was that this guy lost himself because there was dissipation found in the ark. Never forget when Pastor Toby said that to me. I'm still trying to get and understand them why, therefore, God who knows all things preserved a man that will only bring back sin. 
You know, some of the things that I would like to be sharing, I, uh, it comes to me and I'm still battling. God, is it, is it good that I share these things? And I realize to preach God's word, you need boldness. But to preach God's word, you have to know God's word. So I bring you back to the scripture that God said, not that man bound themselves to disobedience, but God bound them to disobedience. No, oh, you're listening to me. I want to let you know that there's always been two. So Cain and Abel, who represent sin and righteousness, they must always work together. No. So Sharon, as far as you look too perfect, God can't use you. But if you have the mix of both worlds, if you yield, God can use you. If you cannot, so you'll see a perfect person that stumbled and Satan will be upon their life saying, because you were perfect and stumbled, you cannot be used. But God is trying to say, if a person can come to me, I want to let you know, because you see in Northampton, when we came here, one of the first things that God said to me in my heart was that we're going to have to come here for a while. We're going to have to keep speaking here. Because God wants to do something in, and how do you know that God wants to do something in Northampton? Based on how tough the ground is. You know, sons are not produced in the city. I've said this to you. They're produced in the wilderness. Hard grounds. So sons are coming out of here. Okay. So it's a prophetic night, right? So again, Noah found grace. Again, if I'm repeating, it's because I need your ears to be open. So imagine an individual. There are certain fools that they didn't have before they came into the house of God. But when they came into the house of God, they fell in certain ways. And Satan will just be saying to them, no way can you be used. And God is saying, mm, if you can touch, like Pastor Toby would have said to us, I can't remember how long ago he spoke about it, but if you can touch my mercy, then I can use you. If a man is not familiar with God's mercy, they cannot show mercy. And you not showing mercy blocks people. So let, let's start, um, let's go to Genesis 5. Um, I just need to show you some scriptures. I want to see what the Bible says of Noah. Go to the last two verses of Genesis 5. I think I'll give you scriptures to go and read because they're too long to read through in a service. But I think it will help you gain more understanding. But Genesis 5, the last two scriptures... Let's read. Let me see what it says there. After Noah was born, Lamech lived 595 years. Okay, go back another two verses. When Lamech had lived 182 years, he had a son. So, after 182 years, he became a father of God. He named him Noah and said, He will come for us in the labor and painful toil of our hands caused by the ground the Lord has cursed. So, some people will be thinking, these guys lived for years. How... We were complaining that Abraham gave birth at 100, but some of these guys gave birth at 182. <laughs> man's not... You know what you have to understand about what man is? Man is not the body. Man is the spirit. And the spirit of man is the spirit of God. Yeah? Or was meant to be. So their life was meant to be limitless. Like God's own. Yeah, but 
again, I can't even go there because I still need to touch on dwelling. But that was key for you to hear. But go on. After Noah was born, Lamech lived 595 years and had, another, and had other sons and daughters. So God created a separation. Look at this. I've said this to you many times. That when we read the Bible, the Bible is God's perspective on things. As much as it may seem like a story to other people, God is trying to speak, going ahead of myself, to his elect. I'm sorry to say this, guys. Yeah? But, again, when I'm saying sorry, I don't believe it's for anyone here. But you see this word that we read, yeah? This Bible. It shows us that God controls everything. I'm saying these things, please listen to me. He controls both the bad and the good. So I said to someone that, an uh, individual, imagine, <laughs> okay, I was going to start casting, I just saw a famous angel walk past. Angel Michael. <laughs> God uses both the bad and the good. Dora, it's a private joke with a few. Okay, carry on reading, go on, go on. After Noah was born, so what I'll say is, so Noah, so God created a separation between Noah and his other brothers and sisters. God, I've said it to you many times that God measures men to men. God created a separation between David and his brothers. God created a separation between Cain and Abel. In fact, to confirm that this is the way he operates, the Bible says that Jesus Christ did not come to bring peace, but to bring division. He said, I will separate the wheat from the, yeah? He's going to bring separation between people and people. But again, please remember this fact. Okay, no, no, no. Let's carry on going. I'll, I'll, I'll confuse you. Go on. After Noah was born, yeah. Lamech lived 595 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Lamech lived a total of 777 years, and then he died. So when you read this, do you think that that don't have a meaning behind it? You don't think that has a meaning behind it? Carry on reading, go on. After Noah was 500, after Noah was 500 years old, he became the father of Shem, mm. Ham, and Japheth. Yeah. Huh? Go on. So the Bible now speaks about the sons of God. Yeah, when human beings, go on. Verse when six. human beings began to increase in the number on the earth yeah. and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw the daughters of humans were beautiful and they married any of them they chose. Okay. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with humans forever, for they are mortal. Their days will be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days. Also afterward, when the sons of God went to the daughters of humans and had children by them, they were the heroes of old, men of renown. The lords saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, yeah. and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. Okay, so Genesis tells us that in the creation of the world, creation of days, evening came, then morning came. Yeah, so what I'm trying to show you with that first of all is that God had to show us in the formation of Noah, you had to see how dark things had become. 
in human life. How dark things became. Carry on reading. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth. Okay. And his heart was deeply troubled. So every trouble that comes upon a generation is as a result of God's regret upon something. Please follow everything I'm saying because we have to start off where we ended last week when I started to speak about dwellings. And I said to you that it was key. Christ came. Imagine he created everything. And when he created everything, he said that, listen, in John 14, I think I said, or so, he said that I am going back. In my father's house are many um, dwellings, let's say. It, there are many mansions. There are many rooms, some translations say. But the Bible goes on to say that I am going to prepare. So there were things yet to be created. And I said to you that what God, so what Christ had to do is that Christ had to come into this um, realm, the realm of the earth, and he had to survey the land to recreate certain things. No, not recreate, to create certain things. Okay, now look at what the Bible says. Carry on reading, go on. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created. Yeah. And with them the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground. So please listen to, the, listen to this. If a problem in a generation does not directly affect you, you're probably not called. Yeah? If you was not born in slavery, you're probably not called. Because the rising of Noah that we are reading, upon, uh, reading about him today was directly linked with the troubles that God was bringing. So the rising of Noah was based on the falling that God was bringing. Please remember scriptures like this. I'm going to be throwing scriptures so that you can think tonight. Please remember scriptures that the Bible says that I have placed a stone in Zion and it will be a means of stumbling for some. So the thing that will cause people to fall in God's presence was not put there by the devil, but was put there by God. I love God's words. Carry on reading. For I regret that I have made them. Read properly, Timothy. Go on. For I regret that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Amazing scripture. So I've repeated to you twice now, or however, that Noah found grace. Now, this is why I needed you guys to understand. If part of the evil inclination that God spoke of did not involve Noah, he would not have the right to grace. Because grace is needed for someone where sin abounds. But you see the difference with Noah's life and what makes you different from those in this university right now is that even though you have struggles in your life, there's something in you that wants to live a life that's pleasing to God. That's the reason why you have grace. Are you listening to me? Again, if Noah was a perfect individual, there will be no need for grace because grace is to measure up for the shortage in your life caused by sin. So man has sinned, all have sinned and fallen short of his glory. So God saw a pastor Obi, saw a pastor Elohim, saw a Anna and saw that there was something in these people that they wanted to live a life despite the deficiencies in their body. They wanted to please God, but they could not carry out the pleasure of God. But God had an intention that these people, that the very fact that they were very, you know, the very fact that they desired to please God was going to be God set up in their life to receive grace. 
But here's what I wanted to show you and the reason why I had to keep showing you this scripture. Another translation, this translation says, but Noah found favor. Another translation said, Noah found grace. I'm going to need you to help me in scriptures tonight. But the Bible says that grace and truth came from Jesus Christ. So, someone had been preaching to Noah for Noah to add up to the man that God's looking for in his generation. Have I started confusing you guys yet? Talk to me. Are you confused, goodness? Think about this. The Son of God was sacrificed from the foundations of the earth. But the Bible says that grace and truth did not come by any other means other than Jesus Christ. But Noah found. The fact that God says that Noah found means that Noah was looking. You know, Sharon shared a scripture with us and said that something preached to him, saying, seek my face. You know, many times there are certain conversations. If I'm talking to Sharon right now, you will know that this dialogue is between Pastor Obi and Pastor Sharon, right? But there's certain things that David will say in the book of Psalms, like, you said to me, seek your face. But we don't put a name to who, else, to who David was talking to. Christ preached. Again, this is not my idea. Imagine the Bible says when he died, talking about Christ. I love scripture. When Jesus Christ died, the Bible says that, and he resurrected. The Bible says that he went and preached to the, spirit, the spirits in prisons. Find that scripture as well. It says that they went there and Christ spoke a message. So what am I trying to say to you tonight, first of all, is that your, um, your shortcomings is one of God's set up to encountering him. But it's also creating capacity for you to take people in. So let's consider a dwelling. I said to you last week, when we was talking about Moses, but I started to talk to you about the dwellings. After being made alive, he went and made, and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits, to those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah, while the ark was being built. In it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. Now, keep that there. Now, listen to me. So, last week I started to speak about dwellings. And I said to you that God is trying to create capacity. I took you to John 14. Listen to this now, guys. How are we going to take Northampton? If you guys have not seen it yet, I understand, I know that God has given us young people. If young people are not coming, Sharon, I hear you. You say that I am confident that I'm going to receive this and you're going to receive that. But confidence is not just talking. The confidence I have is not me saying it. The confidence I have is that I remain building it. Yeah? So, if a service has to be delayed because there's not enough people, it means you don't have confidence yet. But you're growing in it. Are you guys listening to me? I know what I saw a few years ago in Northampton. Northampton was the biggest fellowship out of all the fellowships. There's a lot of people. 
I said to you a moment ago that the hardest grounds are where sons are formed from. In Genesis, the Bible says to Adam, Adam, work this ground. Imagine that God told him to work where men were created from. He said, work this ground. That is where men were made from. Work this ground. No, you're not hearing me. Sharon, keep doing what you're doing. Nano, keep doing what you're doing. It's going to breed people, a generation yet unborn. But when we're going there, uh, I'm, I'm thinking how to tie everything together. The Bible now says, so I was saying last week, so the dwelling places, God wanted you and I to experience certain things so that we can take in or accommodate kinds of people. So last year when I spoke to you about now make them into cities, I said that if the city that Abraham was looking for was built by men, then you will make cities according to your taste. So for example, you will not like to deal with a proud person if you're a humble person because it's not your type. But you know what God does? The cities of David will not be built by David, it will be built by God. So what happens is that you will have to take in and look after people that are not like you. But that's one part of dwelling. Let's go to Acts 1. Let's start the word now. Fear this, guys. The moment you lose people, now listen to what I'm saying. I didn't say when you lose people, in church people go and come. But the moment people are taken away from you, it means you have lost God. Yeah? That's not saying, again, listen to me, there's two different. I know church loses people, gains people. There's a difference. But the moment an individual loses, because remember that I said to you, yeah? Uh, guys, please, everyone, I know this is going to be a bit here and there, but listen to me. You remember when I spoke to you guys and I said to you that the inheriting of God is the inheriting of nations. The Bible says, ask of me and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. And I showed you the scripture that God said that if you asked me for a fish, would I give you a serpent? So the Bible shows us and God reassures us that what we ask him for, he'll give us exactly it. So when we ask God for him and he gives us people, I've said to you that the reflection of God in this realm is people. Are you here with me, guys? Now listen to this. Let's go to Acts 1. The Bible speaks about the life of Judas. Before we can talk about Noah, we have to talk about Judas because Judas was someone that God hoped would be a dwelling. But he failed because he disconnected himself from God. The moment you disconnect yourself from God, you disconnect from people because they come together. Are you listening to me? Okay, go, uh, go towards the lap. Have you found the verse? He said, let his place be deserted. Go a few scriptures before that. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives. Yeah. A Sabbath day's walk from the city. Okay. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Mm. Those present were Peter, John, James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, <laughs> James Bar son of... A, and Simon the son of Zelot and yeah. Judas son of James they all joined together constantly in prayer yeah. 
along with the women and Mary, mother of Jesus and his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and said, brothers and sisters, the scripture had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David concerning Judas, who served as a guide for those who arrested Jesus. Yeah. He was one of the, he was one of our numbers and shared in our ministry. Okay, so at a point, listen to me, guys. At a point, Judas was part of the ministry. The very the very point or the very point that he was chosen was that God had intentions. Remember that the word spoken that someone would betray Jesus was not given a name. It was given a work. No. So when it was spoken in the Old Testament that someone would sell the Christ for 30 pieces of silver, it was not unique to Judas. It was a core. A life that you choose. So imagine there's people in the house of God that if they are not to be careful and walk the walk of God with fear and trembling, they can only be fulfilling a work of God that does not please God. No, you're not hearing me. Uh, uh, you're, getting, you're getting there. Imagine that Pharaoh was a call from God. That there was someone, God said, I raised up Pharaoh. So Pharaoh was not an accident. Pharaoh was intentionally given birth to. God intended that there'll be a man that will be that will have a heart that is hardened against God's people. It was still a call from God. So when you see angels come into your midst and they have certain type of humility look, but then they leave your company to go and speak against you, let me tell you, they are fulfilling a call. Not everyone's going to hear what I'm saying. I told you I'm speaking to you. They can be called Angel Gabriel or Angel Michael. Do you understand? They can come within your company. The Bible says that if they played, if they were of us, they would never have left us. Let me tell you something. That the moment a believer, I, I wish I, I'm, I'm going to come back. We'll speak about family next time. The Bible speaks, if I'm to go sidetrack a bit, the Bible speaks of God's family. John 1, what does it say? The person that I have given them authority to become children of God. I've warned you guys of this. That the only way that you will know that you're a child of God is if you have authority. The many churches are not children of God because they're weak. They do not know their authority. The child of a king is not weak. So you look at someone and because they have, it might sound insensitive what I'm saying, but because they appear weaker, you'll be scared to speak truth to them. Listen, God has tried to raise righteous kings. Righteous kings would judge both the poor and the rich. They're not going to say because this person's condition is worse off, I will treat them nicer. A person of truth is straight. So the first thing, or one of the things you need to hear this, uh, here tonight, is it doesn't matter if this person was meant to be part of your company. Anyone that walks in here, let me tell you something. Anyone that finds themselves in the presence of God is because there was a call. Now, how you choose to respond in God's house will filter you to what side of the call. There's going to be the betrayers, but they were called. There will be those that will advance God's work, but they were called. So, Angel Michael can go and do what he has to do. He was one of, the num of our number and shared in our ministry. Go on. With the payment he received for his wickedness, 
Judas bought a field. There he fell headlong. Mm. His body burst open and all his intestines spilled out. Okay, so the collapse of someone's life will be made known openly. It, it won't be hidden, but carry on. Everyone in Jerusalem heard about this. So they called that field in their language, Akeldama, that is field of blood. Yeah. For, said Peter, it is written in the book of Psalms. This is the important part. For it is written. May his place be deserted. May his place be deserted. Let there be no one to dwell in it. May there be nobody to dwell in it. Listen, I said to you that the ark was the dwelling, but that dwelling for that generation. So you remember when I said last week that imagine if um, Noah created a temple. It wouldn't have been feasible for his generation because the problem would have wiped out that dwelling. So what I've said to you is that the issue with churches nowadays is that what was a dwelling place in a generation before, they're trying to keep that same thing for a generation now. But here's the issue though, guys. Listen, what God... I'm really going to go ahead of myself saying this here. No, let me not use you as an example. Pastor Ben, I'm going to use your example. So I know he won't take anything in a wrong way. Pastor Ben will have to go through certain struggles, yeah? Like I will have to go through certain struggles. But it's necessary because God wants to show the efficacy of that thing. How can I say this? Jesus Christ was proved as the son, not because he did miracles, but because he, raised, he was raised from the dead. Uh, I, I, I'm really struggling to say this now. The effect of sin is death. Death is evidence of sin. Christ prayed all his life with vehement cries that God will save him from death yet he died so what he was praying against was the effects of sin not death itself yeah so imagine uh, we're gonna have to be a bit we're gonna have to think a bit tonight can you imagine the damage that was brought upon the ark yeah but still provided safety for those in it so there's things like the flood the flood is now directing the ark. This ark will hit mountains sometimes. How do we know that? When the waters receded, he was found balancing on a mountain, right? So we know it's hitting arcs. I mean, it's hitting mountains. We know that the water itself is weathering the ark. So the ark itself is facing certain pains. But how you will know that this is a good dwelling is if it can safely carry the people in it. Pastor Obi, you'll be proved as a man of God if you can face the struggles, the problems that the world is facing, but still safely carry people across. Judas didn't have the capacity. He lived in his struggle rather than fighting through it. Uh, you guys hearing me though? So the issue here, how do you know someone that's a Judas? Or let's just say a Judas, yeah? They live in their struggles. They sum up their life in their struggles. They say that this is them. So the battering that they get from life 
they accept it and say, this is me. But what they were meant to do, so Pastor Obi can now be a testimony of people who struggled in this, in that, in that, yeah. He will be a testimony of, to them, because he can carry people to where they need to go. This is the next level of dwelling, guys. This is what I'm trying to say to you. A dwelling that endures. What is the dwelling for? God needed a place where he would keep his people. More specifically, where he can keep his elect. Are you hearing me, guys? So, you see, uh, it, it doesn't matter the struggles that you're facing. What I'm trying to say to you is that you will face it because you are a dwelling. You're a person that carries others. Jesus Christ had to have his ark battered because he was carrying people. He was carrying sinful people, so he'll be affected by the trouble that was really for them. He will be their shield. So there are some things you have to go through because of the people that you'll be carrying. But you know what we don't know or what the Bible don't tell us? or no, Not that the Bible don't tell us. What fake pastors don't tell us is that your sins were necessary. So again, that's why I said to you that it was accounted of Noah that he found grace. One, grace had to be attributed to him because he had an abundance of sin. Where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. But it was because he was determined to create. And so I said to you that the ark was not something that he necessarily built outside of himself. The ark existed in him. So Pastor Ben, who you are, the struggles you're going through, the issues that you have, is because there is a people that you need to carry. But do not stop your journey by accepting those things. Yeah? Do, uh, I know some of you are hearing me, but I'm interceding for some of you. As I'm speaking, I'm interceding. That you do not make yourself at home with the batterings of the problems from the world. God is testing you. So Judas, listen. Judas had an issue with greed and the Bible shows us but listen would he not deal with people with greed of course if he could have just held on to that by holding on to God he would have safely been able to make it towards the end but people that God hoped would be a dwelling lost themselves along the way what is God calling us to be you see God has called us because I'm now going to take you into the book of Romans. I want to show you a few scriptures and then we pray. What you're going through, simply, if I'm to tell you the one thing that God said to me, Sharon, and forgive me if it sounds like I'm speaking to her, if you're connected, you will understand what I said that the church is a person by which people are gathered to. So I'm speaking to everyone. But what God is trying to do with Northampton is test the dwelling place. Because approval comes after testing. Yeah? Okay, let's go to Romans. Let's read a few scriptures. That's my message to you, Sharon. To Northampton. Oh, man. You see, I wish I was in London so then we could really get into it. The dwelling place. Not only carrying animals, not only carrying people. But it's important. Again, imagine if that ark, and you, you could be thinking, what are you talking about? Ark and the being. You know, things are proverbial as well. But just imagine that ark 
had a leakage in itself, everyone inside would have been damaged. Every sustenance of God's people would have been lost. So this is the reason why Pastor Toby would say things like this to us. If you want to grow a church, you as the leader grow. Fortify yourself in prayer, in word. Because God is not too bothered if Jesus is marked. <laughs> oh, you know. The marking is a sign that you're carrying. But, so, but what God is concerned is if the people that are to be carried are marked. Do you understand me? Okay, let's go. I, I've shared. I'm sorry, guys. I preach differently, but that's the message for tonight. Have you, blessed, have you been blessed by the word? <laughs> I love God's word. Let's go to Romans 9. Let me give you some one, two things. Romans 9, let's read from verse 6. Let's pray for a bit. Do you mind? Do you mind, guys? Just raise your voices. Pray in the spirit for a moment. You're praying for strength. I'm going to give you a scripture in a moment. Just pray in the spirit. Northampton, you're not afraid to pray, are you? Christ prayed vehemently. Strengthen us, Lord. Fortify us. Strengthen. Lord, we ask that you strengthen the leadership. Fortify the leadership. God is fortifying leaders that you will not be given away that you will not lose you will not see decay the making of sons Rakosa Ikabando Shale Pregede Sa Ikaba Aya Aliata Atso Bradi Andaya Masia Ekendea So Bra Ikabando So Rakosa Itete Kabantaya Maliata Rakantaya Masse Kebedo So Rokonza Ikabandele Bodosa Kebede Rikabando So Pregede Kabalia Sate de Bekosa Haya Maya Matea Malia Yes, Lord. Fortify us, Lord. Strengthen us, Lord. Make us immovable, Lord. Pray. Just a few more minutes. I want us to worship but pray in the spirit. Rika so 
I feel like I've relayed the message I need to relay tonight. However, and this might seem like I'm going a bit extra, let me read some scriptures to you. Romans 9, verse 6. I'll read. It says, It is not as though God's word. Quiet them out the stage. Pastor Ashley, Pastor Ozzy. It is not as though God's word had failed, for not all who are descended from Israel are Israel. We're going to have to come back to Northampton, but this is an important scripture. Nor because they are his descendants are they all Abraham's children. On the contrary, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. In other words, it is not the children by physical descent who are God's children, but it is the children of the promise who are regarded as Abraham's offspring. First of all, this is a word that God gave me to encourage you guys. I was asking God today, what do you want to speak on? And I think he gave me more like things I should declare than things I should say to you in prayer. Please pay attention to this. Abraham was someone that God determined to bless or use as a blessing. Abraham had two sons that we recognize. Actually, in scripture, Abraham had more kids. But the two we recognize is Ishmael and Isaac, right? But what God was trying to say is that though Abraham was blessed and was to be a blessing by giving birth, not everyone that came out of his loins will be the means of blessing. So that's why the Bible says not necessarily by physical descent, yeah, would someone obtain a promise. Now let me tell you something. Many people are, in quotes, believers. But if you choose, because what God wanted me to leave Northampton with tonight is the fact and this topic of grace. God wants to accept everybody. Pastor LM, yes, get into worship, yeah. God wants to accept every single person. Listen to me. You guys are doing the foundation work. But if at one moment we start to look at this work by sight, we will lose sight of everything. You don't look at this room and judge where this is going. God is, like I said to you, what God made me go around and say all of that to say to you is that he's fortifying you so that you can carry. Remember what Christ said when he was done in carrying them over from death to life. What was that? taking them from their life and bringing, him, bringing them into his life, talking about the disciples. He said, I have lost none except the son of perdition. So Christ knew that he had to be a right carrier of the people that God intended to save. In the ministry of Christ, God needed to save 11. Are you hearing me? But that 11, imagine the foundation work didn't have many numbers to it. But the numbers that were preserved through Jesus' walk, yeah, took the nations of the world. I'm still speaking prophetically, so listen to me. So what I want you guys, it says, in other words, it is not the children by physical descent who are God's children, but it is the children of the promise 
who are regarded as Abraham's offspring. So in God's eyes, physically, Abraham's kids will be Ishmael and Isaac. But in God's eyes, God sees kids by promise. So Noah was separated from his brothers and sisters because his life was a hope of rest to the labor of his father's generation. He was a promise. Are you guys following me? What am I trying to say to you? It doesn't matter what you've gone through. Are you listening to me? It doesn't matter the, the struggles, the mistakes. I said to you about Jacob's life that everything he went up through or he went through was a setup for God's encounter. Everything he went through, as far as he can still yield, as far as every struggle in his life will still bring him to the point of asking for God. Then he was made. So what I want to say to you, I'm still going to show you here because God had to give us a few examples that how do you know that you've got a promise of your life? You are here. The fact that you're here, God has a promise of your life. There could have been many that's come from churches, many that's in this university, but the fact that you are here, no one comes by their own. If, listen, nobody, it doesn't matter if you was invited, nobody enters God's house by their pure determination. In the spirit, God called you. And that can reflect with someone inviting you into service. But God has called each and every one of you. And you are the recognized child of inheritance. That's what I want to say to you. The very fact that you are here. Let's go to the next verse. Let me carry on reading for a bit. We're going to worship this song in a moment. For this was how the promise was stated. At the appointed time, I will return. And Sarah will have a son. Go on. Not only that, but Rebecca's children. So God had to show us that this is the pattern. He went from Abraham and Sarah to Isaac and Rebekah to say that this is God's pattern. That I choose those. I recognize those by promise. Now, this is the moment and this is the message of grace I want to say to you. Because you can choose to forfeit grace. That's not my doing. But I'm to speak God's word to you. Because someone spoke to Noah and he found grace. So, the way I'm speaking to you tonight is for at least one person to find grace tonight. What does the Bible say? Not only that, but Rebecca's children were conceived at the same time by our father Isaac. So they were twins. Go on. Yet before the twins were born or had done anything good or bad, in order that God's purpose in election might stand. Remember that I said it's an election, right? Go on. Not by works, but by him who calls. She was told the older will serve the younger. What am I trying to say to you guys? Or what's the spirit trying to say to us tonight, guys? Just as it's written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. Okay, go back. What I'm trying to say to you is that God chose Jacob not because of anything he did. Before he did good or bad, God chose him. It was by grace he was elected. So this is the reason why I say it is not anyone's duty to put anyone off. My sin may look greater than yours, but it doesn't mean that God has not called me. Do you understand? God has called each and every one of us. And I keep saying that the fact that you are here. Now, this is the message to the universities because the enemy thought, you know, the enemy's duty is just to bring accusation against you before God. So the enemy thought, 
that by keeping young people in gross darkness, in deep darkness, that God will reject them. But God is saying to us, and this is the boldness I want to leave you with as we go into worship, go on, as we go into worship, is that God has seen all of this as still being a setup to saving. So when this ark is ready, or this dwelling is ready, people will come. Please, to encourage you, yeah, is that when no one was preaching, no one was listening. But when the ark was ready, the ark was full. Let's rise to our feet. We're going to enter a moment of worship.